Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Wednesday afternoon and we will start the show with a public service announcement. Gentlemen, if your wife or girlfriend or significant other has said that she doesn't care about Valentine's Day, it's a lie. You've got one day left. And I say one day, not really. You've got a few hours left before it becomes Valentine's Day, so I will advise you to get your shopping done as soon as possible and don't believe the lie that is, I don't care about Valentine's Day. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Borky and the Bryans with you this afternoon. Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank, and the three of us, I think, are in three different relationship stages. Hey, Dad's been married for a good little while now. Yeah. How long's it been? Be 17 years in June. Wow. See, neither of you look like you would be married 17 years. I guess that's a compliment. You don't look like a family or a couple that's been together for 17 years. You look younger. Uh... I don't know how to take that, so we'll just move on. You look younger. That's that's oh, what I'm saying. You. Is it, you I guys look that. like you, you're you're younger than my that. wife will appreciate that. I'll tell her you said that. I've been married for uh, three months, and Rippy is still technically Living his single. Best life is what you mean to say for Rippy. He's single on his taxes anyway. Yeah, it's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten your shopping done though, or are you doing anything and falling into the trap that is? I don't care about Valentine's Day. The flower delivery stuff is clutch, particularly like she lives in a different city, so that's uh, that's always a go-to. Good stuff. You Good an stuff. edible arrangements guy? Um, yeah. I mean, depends on the day, but yeah, I think that's part of it. You can do both. If you want to send me an edible arrangement, I would I would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> that may be it's something the mail. I need to do. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Guys giving other guys presents is always going to be weird to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got a really yeah. good friend of mine, a bottle of expensive whiskey for his 21st birthday in college, and he looked at me like I was the biggest moron on the planet. If a guy's getting married, I'll give, I'll give, I'll get him a, a bottle of bourbon or something, yeah. Not Darren, you, Borky. But Darren in Jackson says, the advice that I just gave could very well save your life. True. Don't fall into the trap. Trust me. Uh Tim have you fallen into the trap? You're speaking like a man speaking from experience. I, I have not. I'm just the the little bit of advice that I've gotten. Uh, you know, getting when you're getting married, everybody feels like they have to tell you something about what it's like to be married. And one of the big one was always get her something for everything. That's the one that stuck with me. And they all followed with some kind of horror story. So I'm just taking their word for it and not uh, risking it with mine. Well, they're telling you the truth. Tim from Tupelo says, get them the Valentine's ASAP because the stores are already running low. And we do get a text saying that 
uh, Duke is more athletic than LSU. That's stemming from a conversation yesterday. And on that note, we are going to talk some basketball today. Mississippi State had a must-win game yesterday, hey, Dad, and really dominated from start to finish. Yeah, it's it's one thing to win a must-win game. It's another thing to play the way Mississippi State did. Their best game of the season, and Ben Allen said in his post game uh, that it was the best game he had ever coached at Mississippi State. That he that he felt that his team had never played better in his four years at Mississippi State. They 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 took the lead uh, two nothing, and they never gave it back. It was tied at two two, and from there, State had the lead. Uh, they pushed it out to double digits within 10 minutes of the first half, and they basically kept it there. Alabama never got closer than nine in the second half, and State ends up winning by 19 over a team that just two weeks ago had beaten them. Uh, pretty, pretty, you know, the, the final score not an indicative of how uh, well Alabama played in Tuscaloosa, but State completely manhandled them last night, and that that was the first time for a full game they looked like the team the preseason predictions had them being. You'd seen glimpses of it, first half of LSU, second half against Kentucky, a few minutes, you know, the final five minutes against Ole Miss maybe. But this was the first time from from whistle to whistle that they they looked like a, that, that tournament team that people expected to see. Donald at Oxford sends us a picture of something that uh, is for you, hey, Dad, but I don't think it's legal here in the state of Mississippi. Do you see that? What are those things? Cannabis infused oh, candy? No, not interested. No. <laughs> I think it's been a few years since Hey Dad partook in. It has it, never it, been in my life. No, no, don't throw that on me. It's impressive. A, yeah. a lot of people can't say that. Yeah, I know. It's it, not my, man. Me with the munchies. Good Lord, Taco Bell would run out of shells, man. <laughs> what would what would they do if I, if I walked in there like ready to roll like that? It's him again. <laughs> Start cooking more steak. If you want to be like Donald and Tim and Darren and everybody else, you can text the show, 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. You can be a part of the show that way this afternoon. But please do so safely, 601-879-4395. Yeah, we'll talk about Mississippi State's big win last night over Alabama. Big in a sense that it keeps their tournament hopes alive and big in the score. Really a dominating game for Mississippi State last night. Chris Lamonis, the new baseball coach at Mississippi State, met with the media yesterday. That's why you missed Haydad for the last hour of the show. We'll have a ton of audio from that, reaction from that. He released uh, his opening day lineup with two exceptions, positions that have yet to be filled, and his starting rotation. We will get into that later on as well. Barry Odom, the head coach at Missouri, is allegedly or apparently frustrated with other schools in the SEC, specifically Tennessee, but other schools in the SEC recruiting his seniors because they can transfer freely. I guess he forgot that he coaches in the SEC and this is big-time football, and um, that's kind of what happens. It's not kind of what happens. It's what happens. You know, wasted I mean, no time either. Like it seems like some like reports of that started coming out almost immediately after the bull ban was announced. Yeah, yeah. because of course that was going to happen. I, I'm just baffled by his anger towards other schools in the SEC. And if that's not something that he would do, let's just throw just <laughs> just throw this out there. If Alabama received a postseason ban, and I, I know that's hilarious because that's never going to happen. Uh, Missouri would be stupid to not pick up the phone and call basically every player on that roster. Yeah. So if that's not a practice he's going to engage in, then you're 
you're not doing what it takes to win in the SEC. We'll get into that a little bit later on today as well. LSU-Kentucky, one of the marquee games in SEC basketball took place last night. LSU got the win in Rupp, but guys, controversial call at the end. Should it have been goaltending? Should it have counted? What do you think? I mean, I, I, I just, you know, for Kentucky to have the referees go against them, I just I don't know how they feel about that. You know, it's like finding out that your mother doesn't love you. Like, Kentucky was screwed by the refs? What? <laughs> Next year, you're going to tell me Alabama was in football. Never. Never such a, such a thing happened. I wasn't totally convinced that that was indisputable. Like, even if it had been reviewable, was that really indisputable that it was offensive goaltending? No. Yeah, straddling the line is not always the best practice in our business, but I'm with you. If they would have called it goaltending, I'd be okay with it. And they didn't call it goaltending, and I'm still kind of okay with it. I don't have a problem. I mean, it's a bang bang play, sure, but it, it just it is with referees miss calls. Isn't that what I just learned? Oh, they're human. Oh, we can't. It can't be. Oh God, yeah. Okay. So you know, and, and honestly, the people of Louisiana they deserve a referee's call to go their their way, don't they? Yeah, those after LSU, everything that's happened. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see that happen. I, I know a friend of the show, T. Bob Abear, was pumped up on Twitter. He he deserves one after the beating that. Uh, the Saints, and, and now the basketball team in New Orleans have taken. So I, I at least have some sympathy uh, for the folks down there in New Orleans, or in Louisiana, not New Orleans, but you get my point. Uh, hoops tonight, Ole Miss has a free shot at Auburn. Yeah, in some respects it is. I mean, it's, it's not. it's certainly not a game that, you know, they're expected to win, particularly on the road. And, you know, we, we talked about on the show the other day, went through their schedule a little bit and talked about kind of their path to getting to those 10 wins. It's going to take a lot. They're going to have to play well without any slip-ups. But like you said, it is a free shot in the sense that you kind of give yourself some breathing room and room for a slip-up if you were to pull an upset tonight. Definitely. And a couple more things on the schedule today. Jimmy Haslam, uh, the general manager of the Browns, or the owner of the Browns, excuse me, uh, who's also – a big-time sponsor of ESPN, uh, Pilot Gas Stations, pulling advertising dollars from ESPN, and it could potentially cost Ole Miss in Mississippi State. We'll explain that later on in the show. A lot more coming up your way. There's your slate. There's your schedule. But hoops next. Mississippi State beat Alabama. We'll talk about that. We will go deeper into the implications of Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, and Auburn tonight. A lot of stuff to get to. Oh, and the Broncos have a new quarterback. whole lot to get An to today. An elite quarterback. An elite quarterback going to Denver to play for the Broncos. All of that somehow we're going to try to fit in the next two hours and 40 minutes. We'll do our best. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you this afternoon at Sports Talk Mississippi live in the Renaissance Bank studio. You text the show, 601-879-4395, like Mike and Tupelo did. Before we get into hoops, this question for you, Hey Dad, from Mike. He says, when you get a chance, ask Hey Dad why Luke Alexander is not back for his senior year at Mississippi State. He hasn't heard anything about that. So, fire away. We were just told he's no longer part of the team, and he is out of eligibility as far as Mississippi State is concerned. So, just 
violation of team rules, no longer with the program. That's all we're going to say about it kind of thing. That's my guess, yes. We get a couple more texts. One, we were having a conversation yesterday, in case you missed the show, that a guy broke into a home. Where was this? Houston? In Houston. Houston, Texas. And went into the home to partake in smoking marijuana and found a tiger in the home. He thought he was hallucinating. Turns out it was real. Richard then turned it into a conversation about how an animal sanctuary used to exist outside of Oxford, or so he thought. We get a text from John that says he was listening yesterday, and he was right. There used to be an animal sanctuary outside of Oxford. They had tigers and bears and all that good stuff. And one day, somebody left two gates open, so a Bengal tiger walked out of the, the facility, according to John in Oxford, right past his friend Tim's house, and Tim saw the tiger walk in front of the window outside of Oxford, Mississippi. You see it all the time. The only the only animal I've ever seen on the loose here in Starkville was a cow. And, and I know that's probably, you know, perpetuating a stereotype, but <laughs> I was coming home one night and there was a cow just wandering the side of Highway 82. I called the police and they were like, yeah, you aren't the first person to call. We're trying to get out there. Just got to let it go at that point. It's a cow. It earned its freedom. (laughs) Anyway, there was a big hoops game in Starkville last night. And the crowd, hey, Dad, wasn't exactly big. But it looked engaged to me on television. Didn't matter because the game itself was a dominating blowout win by Mississippi State. Yeah, like I said in the, in the first segment, State hasn't played a game all year where they took the lead in the, in the first possession and never gave it back. You know, where they, Even in non-conference play, they would have games where they started out slow and then it would just pull away in, in the second half. Um, so uh, the, the thing that, that caught my eye, and I tweeted about this pretty early, was the amount of, of energy they were playing with. They were really getting after it, especially on the defensive end. And when we talked to Lamar Peters afterwards and we talked to Ben Hallen, Ben Hallen used the word urgent. I asked Lamar, is like, is every game must win from now on? He said, yes, every game is must win for us. We, 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 can't, we can't give an inch, basically. So, you know, if they're going to play with that kind of intensity every night, man, that's going to be a very tough team to beat now. I don't know if they can do that. I don't know how often they can duplicate that effort. The good news for Mississippi State is this. Your next four opponents are considerably less talented than you. Uh, You should be able to beat them even if you don't give that supreme effort. You should be able to beat them with just good effort. So we'll see where it takes us. But, yeah, for State to play that well against an Alabama team that in all likelihood is going to be, you know, if at worst on the bubble when it comes to the NCAA tournament, that they're they're a good team. They have some good players. Um, yeah, that, that was that was a very impressive win for MSU. Yeah, and Alabama is talked about and considered a, a physical basketball team that's really athletic. And Mississippi State and their losses this year seem to have poor shot selection, to, to put it mildly, and kind of relied on the three ball to get them through games. Last night, they only took 15 shots from behind the arc, made seven of them, so a great percentage to begin with. And Adu and Perry were, what is that, 8 of 14 from the field in that game last night. So they forced the ball down low and were, were really efficient offensively. Where did that come from? Yeah, with, with Adu especially, I had somebody tweet at me last night and they said, you know, Adu scoring 10 points is like getting 30. I mean, you just don't expect to get double digits out of Abdul Adu. Perry was very effective. And when you look at Robert Woodard, six points for him on two of nine shooting. Michael, I guarantee Seven of he had seven misses. Six of them were right at the rim, 
just blocked dunks, blocked layup attempts. He could not get the easy ones to fall. He could have easily had 15, 16 points in this game uh, if just a couple of those 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 little chippies would have, would have fallen for him. So State was far more effective. Peters was effective getting to the rim, as was Quindary Weatherspoon. Look at his shooting percentage, 8 of 10 last night as he goes 20 points again. State was just really, really good inside last night. It was a complete reversal, basically, of what we saw in Tuscaloosa, where it was Alabama that was the dominant team inside. This time it was Mississippi State. Edging the points of the paint was 40-24 to 24 in favor of State. Points off of turnovers. State forced 18 turnovers and converted into uh, 28 points. They had a 28-5 advantage in points off of turnovers. They, 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 they were plus nine rebounding, which, you know, Rippy brought that up yesterday. How, how would State do in that battle? And, man, they, they won it. They won it pretty convincingly so just like i said you know from top to bottom if you're a mississippi state fan you haven't seen your team play a better basketball game all season so where has this been i mean where where has this kind of night where they force the ball down low like that where has this been and do you expect this to to be what they do moving forward because that is probably the recipe for them closing out the season well making the NCAA tournament reaching the team's goals for 2018/19 is playing that kind of game shooting 15 threes not 30 of them yeah i mean where has it been that's a good question you know we've seen flashes of it all season long but it's it has never come to, to like i said for a full game um and can they duplicate it i mean I think of all the games they have coming up, the one where they, they need to do it the most is the next one in that game against Arkansas because even though Arkansas is not a great team this year and they have a tough loss to Missouri uh, Tuesday night, you know that playing at Arkansas has traditionally been a house of horrors for Mississippi State. State's record in, in Fayetteville is not good. So they, they need to, to be able to duplicate that against the Hogs, especially with the way Arkansas likes to play, that, that 40 minutes of hell defense, you know, or whatever they're calling it these days. Uh they need to be able to, to play with high energy, you know, and get out on Arkansas. When you're playing a team, and Joe Moorhead said this in the, in football, and I don't agree with everything he says, but I do agree with this. When you're playing a team that you should beat, the the recipe for disaster is to let them hang around. You've got to get out on them early and stamp out any hope. So if I'm state, I want to do that. I want to I want to when I go to Arkansas, I want to play the same way. I played against Alabama. Play with a lot of energy, and and hopefully you can put them away early and just coast home to victory. I was especially impressed last night kind of with the 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 game was never in doubt but there were times in the second half where you felt like you know Alabama if they get a stop or two here this game gets interesting like they would cut it to nine I think they cut it to nine what three or four times two or three times for sure in Mississippi State would immediately respond like yeah like Mac made a three and then like 20 seconds later Weatherspoon responds And, and so every time Alabama was you felt like, man, maybe if they get a stop here, this game's going to get interesting. The door was just shut right back in their face. Yeah, they would push it to nine, and and then State wouldn't just be settled, you know, to make it back to eleven or twelve. They'd put it back to to fourteen. They'd put it make it back to at least a two possession, three possession kind of game every time down the court. So they just they were hitting clutch shots, and then, and because I think they were getting high percentage looks, and I think the, the the moving Reggie Perry into the lineup now has has really changed this team around. Holman only played thirteen minutes last night, and this is a guy who was playing you know thirty plus early in the season. I think Reggie Perry's arrival as a starter uh, has has sort of changed things up. If you look since he, he joined the starting lineup uh, against you know. They, they beat Ole Miss, and they played really well against a good LSU team. They had a poor first half against Kentucky, but that was, Reggie Perry was in foul trouble in that first half, and he, he didn't play major minutes. 
and then they had the big second half comeback. So they've had these moments where they've played well. Maybe they're starting to figure it out and put everything together. You know, and by that same token, Michael, we could could see State go up to uh, to Fayetteville on Saturday and, and lay an egg. You know, that, that would mm-hmm. be not that would not be completely surprising. But we'll see. You know, if they put back to back games together, you got to start feeling pretty good about their their the. Uh, odds of them, you know, figuring things out and, and making a run for the NCAA tournament here. Yeah. Uh, my friends at For Whom the Cowbell Tolls, the Mississippi State SB Nation site, put something out yesterday about the outcome of the LSU Kentucky game and asking state fans if they felt better about losing those two games because of what you watched last night. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any feeling better about either one of those losses because you know the Kentucky game. I don't, I wouldn't say you had them, but you played close enough and if you hadn't dug that big hole maybe it would have been different lsu you feel like you had them you feel like that's a game you let get away but if you if you follow follow sec basketball you knew that those were both really really good teams so you know to lose those games i guess i mean i guess you're gonna look at it and say okay you know those were two good teams and, and we gave them our best shot so we're maybe we're not that bad we just lost to good teams but that said you know the LSU game especially is painful because you had them on the ropes and you couldn't you couldn't apply the knockout punch. And Mississippi State has a couple of games coming up. Well, really four games coming up that they don't have to win them all, but you got to get three of the next four for sure. I so think we'll, they have to win them all. You I think so? Really so we will uh, we'll debate that next. We'll look at the remaining schedule for Mississippi State and kind of what has to be done for them to make the NCAA tournament because the metrics like them, but you've got to get to at least 500 in league play to give yourself a shot. So we'll examine their schedule next, tell you what we think needs to be done in order for them uh, to close the deal and reach their goals for this season. And that, of course, is the NCAA tournament. We'll also look at the scores from around the SEC last night, and apparently Matthew McConaughey is now telling Texas coaches what to do during games. I'm not kidding. All that and more coming up next at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Wednesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you. Continuing on this conversation, specifically Mississippi State basketball, we'll turn to some stuff around the SEC as well, but... The win last night brought them to 5-6 and six in SEC play. 5-6. and six. Here's what they have remaining on their schedule pre-SEC tournament. They go to Arkansas this weekend. They go to Athens, Georgia, which will be a dead environment in a team that has quit next week. Then they host South Carolina and Missouri, go to Auburn and Tennessee, and then return home for the final game of the season against Texas A&M. 500... In, in conference play is probably not enough to do it uh, unless they plan on going to Nashville and winning a game or two. But 500, I think, at least gives you a puncher's chance to make the NCAA tournament. The metrics like them, but a losing conference record will be probably what does them in if that's how they end the season. So looking at this remaining schedule, guys, is there a path to getting one game above 500, or I guess it would have to be two technically, two games above 500 to close the season and solidify their bid to the NCAA tournament? Can it be done? If you look at the schedule, you you have to make the assumption that that Auburn and that Tennessee are going to be losses just because, I mean, it's just tough to win on the road, although it hasn't been as tough this year 
on the SEC as it has been in years past. They but are, those are 30 two good teams in the country. The SEC. There's 32 conferences that play Division One basketball. The SEC is 30th in home winning percentage in conference yeah. play. It's really weird, but that sort of is what it is. But that said, the state's going to be an underdog in those games, even though they've beaten Auburn before. So that's you know right now state is is five and six. So that would be five and eight. So you have to win the rest to be above 500. Um, not only that, but of this of the remaining teams, and I don't have the net in front of me, but the last time I looked, Arkansas was in the mid 60s. They may have dropped after last night's loss to Missouri. Georgia is sub 100. South Carolina is sub 100. Missouri was in the 90s. A and M is sub 100. If you lose one of those games, not only is it you know affecting your your conference record, it's going to affect your net in a, in a very detrimental way. It's going to it's going to be a bomb to it. If you lose another sub one, you already have the sub one hundred loss to South Carolina. If you lose to them twice, if you lose to Texas A and M, that's going to be very tough to explain to the committee uh, why you have such a bad loss, especially at that point in the season. So from from my, from my perspective, state needs state really needs to win the remaining games outside of Auburn and Tennessee. And if you can find a way to split that, and I think the best opportunity would be win at Auburn because you know, said you've already beaten them once. You feel like you might have some confidence there. I don't think State can beat Tennessee. Uh, and then you're 11-7, and seven and you're in you're really good shape. But they, they need to win these other games, in my opinion, to, have the, to be locked into an NCAA tournament bid. Looks like the biggest hiccup would be Saturday, right? I mean, the That's rest of them think, seem yeah. way more manageable. Yeah, I, I, mean, I agree with you. Arkansas has, been, has had some moments this year where they aren't terrible. They went down to LSU and won. Um, the, Daniel Gafford is an NBA player, so you, there could be the possibility that he just has a night where he goes off for 35, 36 points, and that's going to be difficult to, to overcome. And State, like I said, it, historically has never played well. It doesn't matter who the coach is, who, who, the, who the players are. Arkansas, for some reason, is just sort of, you know, not that it, it, not that it has any real sway over anything, but it does. So, yeah, the, this game Saturday to me is, is a big one for Mississippi State. Here you go for your net rankings. I'll just do the entire SEC because I know it's not just Mississippi State fans listening. Uh, Tennessee is number four. Kentucky actually dropped just to number six from five after their loss last night. LSU jumped up to 14 from 17. Auburn 20. Mississippi State 27, which is a big deal. We don't know how the committee's going to look at net just yet. I assume they're going to use it very similarly to the RPI, which was heavily weighted a year ago, which would play into Mississippi State Mississippi State's hands very well. Uh, Ole Miss is 35, Florida 42, Alabama 44. So a quadrant one win for Mississippi State last night. That's what it was, yeah. Arkansas 63, which is if they go to Fayetteville and win on Saturday, will count as a quadrant one road win. A&M is 82, Missouri 88, South Carolina a cool 100, Vanderbilt 125, and Georgia Dead last in the SEC at 127. Yeah, and those are the, I mean the bottom bottom teams there. That's who State's going to play. So if you it, you're making assumptions here, obviously, but if you assume that State's played the toughest part of its schedule and that it's starting to come around, then you look at these next five four games and you think, okay, they can win all four of those and that, then put themselves in position to to go to the NCAA tournament. And that's that's you know. Logically, that makes sense. We'll see if it, if, it, if it pans out that way because this team, I mean, they, if you've seen them play, you, you, sometimes you just don't know what team is going to show up. You know, I didn't yeah. know that the team that showed up last night was going to show up, and, and, and so it goes. So. Yeah, play like we'll that see. for the rest of the year, and they're winning five of the next seven and easily making the tournament. They're probably going to beat 
Auburn or Tennessee if they play like that. I, yeah. I mean, I would I would think they could beat Auburn playing like that. And Kyle tweets at me and says, uh, with their resume and the metrics, nine and nine probably gets them in, and it's hard to disagree with that. And yeah. I think the Pac-12 being as bad, I mean, just as bad as they are in a, a backwards way, helps the SEC. What do you think, Rippy? Well, I mean, that's a one bid league in the Pac-12. That's a Power Five league. They're getting one team in the NCAA tournament, so you've got to fill the bubble. Is awful. It's just awful. You've got to fill those teams somehow. And if you have a 500 team in the SEC with a, a, a top 30 net, you going to say no to that? And that's probably the biggest reason why the bubble is so soft. Like I would say that, and the Big East isn't necessarily as good as it's been the last couple of years. Like you have Villanova, Marquette. And then St. John's kind of, if they can get it together. But after, like, nor, a lot of times you're seeing five, six teams from that league sometimes make it in. So the Pac-12 being so bad and the Big East being down a little bit seems like w- the predominant reason why the bubble's so soft. But like you said, you got to fill it out somehow. And nine and nine probably gets stayed in, but like you don't, like, you don't if want to risk a, it. If, you don't yeah. want to risk any work to do in Nashville or any bid stealers on conference tournament weekend. Not that it, it probably wouldn't affect them otherwise, but like you probably just don't want to be sitting there with it out of your hands at all. Yeah, like Wofford probably makes the NCAA tournament regardless. So you want Wofford to win the Southern Conference tournament, for example. Let's say, for, I don't know, Furman wins the, the SOCON, they might get two teams in. Wofford's metrics are really good. That kind of thing. You want to avoid that completely, or knock on wood, because you can't do anything about it. You just hope that doesn't happen. Last year, Alabama got in at eight and ten. Uh, so you know, if the metrics are right, state can still get in even at eight and ten. It would be it would be tough, but but I think at nine and nine, they would feel pretty safe about getting in. Yeah, and in, if you look at as Kyle tweets at us again as a reminder, if you look at Mississippi State's schedule, I mean, where, find me a bad loss. At South Carolina, I guess would that's be the, that's would the be one. the one. That's the one. That's but there's the what seven and three in the SEC now. Yeah, their, their non-conference is what's killing their their net ranking. But other than that, I mean that that's it. That is the only check in the negative column for their resume is that loss at South Carolina. Otherwise, yeah. everything checks out and is fitting for an NCAA tournament team. Uh, what else happened in the SEC last night? Missouri beat Arkansas, which. You have to think it's over for the uh, old ball coach there at Arkansas, right? Who, Mike Anderson? Yeah. yeah. Can't imagine they're going to keep him around. I mean, that program, they, they were so high you know, for years. They were, they were right there with Kentucky when Patino was there. And it has just – it just hasn't been the same in, in you know, going on two decades now. You don't think Anderson's done? It's a different He's made the state tournament. up there. I know, but he's made the turn. I get that he hasn't made the deep run that they want, but they're in a transition year after they lost their two top scorers. They're still competitive. Like that would be surprising to me. He's made the tournament three out of the last four years, and they're going to fight and won a game in two of those. Don't be surprised. Arkansas, Arkansas football is sort. I'm sorry, Arkansas basketball is sort of like Auburn football. They they have a a unreasonably high expectation level, in my opinion. It's an overinflated sense of self. Yeah, because I mean, and they did win a national championship, but that was twenty four or nineteen ninety four. Am I doing that right? Yeah, twenty four years ago. So, I, it, 
Don't you think it would depend on how they finish? Like, it would have to take a tailspin. What if they're right there and then get it in? Like, if he, they go to the NIT or something, I would think he'd get another year. I don't know. I could he be might. wrong. I might. He might. I just – the fact that they haven't made a deep run and they – you know, they're they're basically every year no better than the sixth or seventh best team in the conference. I think Arkansas just expects more. Especially with a first-round draft pick, potential first-round draft pick, even though he does not look like a first-round draft pick to me. I, he, I, don't, I don't think he's definitely not a lottery pick. So uh, for those who don't follow the NBA, the teams that don't make the playoffs enter the draft lottery. If you make the playoff, it's your order. So people are saying that he's a first-round pick, not a lottery pick. I still don't see that. If I'm an NBA team, I, I watch him play. That doesn't – he doesn't scream impact big in the NBA to me. I, maybe I'm wrong. I just – I haven't seen it. I think Anderson's getting a raw deal here. Like his last few, his last four years, he finished second in the SEC, eighth, third, and fourth. You'd be surprised, man. It's, it's different up there. When you're the only show in town – a lot more scrutiny tough gig it's a hard job it's a harder job than people give it credit for and it's not as good of a job as the people there think it is more coming up lsu did beat kentucky last night on what could have been a controversial call we'll get into that and also a bar at the beach that apparently everybody around here just absolutely loves burned down this morning nobody was injured but the red bar, gone at 30A. More coming up at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. I forgot I put this in here. You guys are going to enjoy the worst cover of any song ever. Well, honey, you, you shook me all night Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Turn it down. You shook me Sports Talk Mississippi. So, if you listen to Super Talk just in the afternoon, the JT Show, JT and Rhino, every Wednesday does a Wednesday's Worst, where Rhino finds the worst music he can find on the internet and plays it as their bumper music. I can only assume this is from that. Why is it still playing? Who is this? This is Big and Rich. Oh, my God! <laughs> In terms of the objective of what he's trying to find, that's a gem. It's, I mean, it's excellent. That should have never been created, and they should be put on a rocket and shot to the moon for even trying to cover ACDC that way. I mean, listen to this. No! Oh, I forgot I did Delete that. that file and then shoot the computer that's in it. <laughs> I think they peaked with the college game day thing. We're coming to your city. Yeah, that was... City. That was actually good, though. It, to their it was, credit, it was catchy. It fit college football. Yeah, and then the the random guy, I don't I don't remember his name, but the guy would come in and rap for a little bit. And then they'd Cowboy go back Troy? To, yeah, Is Cowboy Troy. Yeah. <laughs> The good old days of college game day. Miss that. I don't do that as much anymore. That used to be, no matter what, on Saturday. The second it would come on at 9 o'clock in the morning, because I grew up on the East Coast, I wouldn't leave my television for the entire college game day. And it's kind of lost that that luster, I would say. 
Anytime Chris Fowler is a part of something and then is not, it gets worse. I was about to say that because I think Reese Davis is really talented and does an incredible job, but when you change up something like that that had been together so long, it just kind of loses its luster. And that's not really even any fault of Reese Davis because I think he's probably made as seamless a transition as anybody possibly could. Mm-hmm. And he's really good. And like Lee Corso is just kind of not doing as well, and it's it's sad. And he used to be a massive part of the show, and I used to really enjoy him and his quirkiness, and it's just not the same anymore. Speaking of not being the same, I've got a story to tell you guys. So I had my first I'm old moment today. Hey, Dad, do you remember yours? (laughs) No, maybe that's another I'm old moment, though. (laughs) So I have a couple golf balls in the office, in my office, just because. Um, and occasionally when I'm walking around the halls, I'll, I'll just bounce it with me. It annoys the heck out of Houston, I'm sure, because it's always by his office where I'm doing this. Today, I kind of lost control of the golf ball, and I, I ran up to it to like field it like an infielder, you know, pick it up and, and quick hop and get ready to throw. And when I went down to pick up the golf ball, my knee popped, mm. and I fell to the ground, and it still hurts, man. Like, it hurts really bad. I don't know what I did, but I was picking up a golf ball in the office, and now I'm injured. I'm officially old, and I turned 27 in a few weeks. Well, it's all downhill from there, Borky. You'll, you'll, you know, go ahead and start coffin shopping. Social security will come soon enough, though. Yeah, AARP. <laughs> you, get, you get a discount at the uh, the restaurants and stuff. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm rubbing my knee here. It, it hurts. I hurt myself picking up a golf ball today. That's the most old man thing I could have ever said in my life. We get a text here from the 601. It says, who would be a good person to replace Lee Corso when he finally decides to hang it up? I've, Vicky I've always... Oh, what did you no. Say? Stop. <laughs> Stop. Spurrier, I've thought if you'll get him to talk. Answer. Spurrier would be a good answer, but Les Miles would be the choice if I had the uh, the option. Brett Bielema? Bielema would work. But are you trying to replace... like? Like, are you, you trying to find another glorified loose, mascot? You need that loose character that's going to say things that will make you laugh, sometimes drop an F-bomb. You know, you need that guy. <laughs> uh, they issued an apology. It's fine. But I, I think the show Mike needs Leach. that more. Mike Leach would be... Mike Leach would be a great choice. He would never stay on topic, which is probably fine. He would be biased toward a team with swords and stuff, too. <laughs> well, that's East Carolina every week. <laughs> uh, coach, they're on a bye. I don't care. Have you seen their pirate? Thing's cool, man. It's a really bad Mike Leach, but you get my point. That is a really bad Mike Leach. You're, not, you're, not, you're selling yourself short on how bad it is. I tease this, and um, we'll get to it if you guys care enough about it. I just, some of my friends and and people that I've talked to today are are crushed because a a bar at 30A, a vacation spot, I I don't think, honestly, I've ever been there, called Red Bar, and it actually burned down this morning in a a pretty scary scene. It it wasn't just a little fire. I mean, there were explosions and stuff they heard, but it's apparently a, a very popular bar down there at 30A that burned down this morning everybody's there was nobody injured everybody's fine but if you've ever been there apparently that's a staple of the region and rest in peace red bar for now
Four o'clock hour coming up at Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you. Stick around. I guess I need to apologize. That song I played before the last segment, Twitter follower of mine, Ol MSU Dog, little juxtaposition there. Ol MSU Dog said that uh, I did irreparable damage to his ears for playing Big and Rich's version of "You Shook Me All Night Long." Probably a mistake, a mistake on my part. I'll delete the file, never to be seen again. That song should have never been recorded. The recording studio in which that song was recorded should be burnt to the ground with everybody out of the building, of course. And all files or anything of that song on the internet should be scrubbed away using whatever Hillary Clinton used to delete her emails. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you this afternoon. Haydad posed the question on Twitter, talking about it in the last segment. What coach, active or not, doesn't matter, what college football coach would you like to see replace Lee Corso whenever he decides to hang it up from college game day? I guess he just recently signed an extension. He doesn't plan on going anywhere, but when he does, who would you like to see replace him? We get a vote for Saban and a vote for Mike Leach and Dabo. You could not ask for three different personalities than those Saban, three right there. Saban would be the worst possible choice, though, wouldn't he? Because he's not funny. I mean, I, I don't know that he can be funny. Like, would he do? Would he do silly things? I don't see that happening. <laughs> you imagine asking Nick Saban to put on headgear for his picks? Yeah. Hey, coach. Nick's here's like, the thing. Nick's like, I have my answer on this index card, this eight by eleven index card, and I'm just going to hold it up, and that's who I think is going to win. Hey, Coach, we're we're at the Ohio State-Penn State game this Saturday. Uh, who are you going to pick? Well, you know, I really like Ryan Day, and, and the offense is still good with um, Justin Fields, and so I'm going to go with Ohio State. Okay, here's the thing, Coach. You can't just say that. We're going to give you this big foam nut, and you get to put that on your head. Is that cool? No, it's probably not. Not for, not for safe, but... And the producer that asked the question would be the first human in history to spontaneously combust. Yeah. Get the evil eyes. He would never pick FAU. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine the first time he picked Auburn. I'm going to go with Auburn. I like what they're doing down there. What? Coach Saban, no! The entire state of Alabama. My buddy uh, Wesley Walker tweets at us and says, Nick Saban, as soon as possible. No ulterior motives there, I don't think. No. <laughs> That's a good point now. Maybe we should push for Saban. ESPN, pay him whatever it takes to get him to be on the set this fall. Please. Just for our sanity and our fun on a couple fall Saturdays this afternoon, please. It would just make everybody here a whole lot happier. Frank Beamer, I, I don't know if he would replace Corso's persona, but he's a generally likable guy. Yeah, he I, 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 seems sort of vanilla, doesn't he? I don't, I don't know. That's why I said Les Miles. That's a guy you, you've seen the personality come out from him. You know, you know that it's there. So I don't know. A couple interesting one here from Miles, and, and we get it also from. Uh, 
an unidentified 228 area code on the text line, Mike Gundy. Gundy would be good. He's got personality. Got a little edge. Yeah. He's done funny stuff before. The thing with the, the wrestling singlet was great. So, yeah, we, that's, that's the thing. It's like you're going to have to have these guys who have taken themselves so seriously through the years that you can't even question one of their decisions. And you're like, Coach, do you mind putting on a mascot head? Do you mind being made the butt of jokes? Yeah, and it takes a special guy to do that. I wonder if they'll change directions of the show when that happens, though, because I think it's going to be next to impossible to actually, like, replace Corso and still replicate the same thing. Like, I wonder if they'll try to change the dynamic a little bit. Once that happens, though, the, the show loses what makes it unique. It's just another talking head about you, college football show. This is a great one from the 662. Peyton Manning. He's we got the it. quirkiness. He's a little weird, but when you start talking X's and O's, he's brilliant. Yeah, he, that, that would be that would be that would be an interesting one. That would be an interesting one. A lot of votes for Mike Leach. I, I think Mike Leach, as great as he is, and I can't wait for football season to start so we can play more of his press conference audio. I think he'd get too weird. Yeah, I agree with that. You it, know what I mean? You, you couldn't trust him not to go on like a political rant or something. Beyond like politics, but like aliens are real, and I have evidence, and here's why, like that kind of stuff. Which I guess would be entertaining if that's what you're going for. It's like the sports version of Alex Jones. Yeah, oh, God. basically, <laughs> conspiracy theory guy. I don't, I don't like coming to Stillwater. Why is the water still? Let me tell you why it's still. It, it, you know, it just goes from there. Brad on our Twitter feed, not a big fan of Corso, says good riddance to that bumbling idiot. So tired of him saying Washington instead of Washington. I have a feeling Brad is in the minority on the dislike of Corso. Yeah, most people, most people like, I don't know a whole lot of people who are Corso haters. If you don't like him, you don't get him for what he is. Right. Yeah. It's like saying Billy Madison's a bad movie. Well, yeah, it's a bad movie, but it's funny. If you go into it knowing that this is going to be really stupid for an hour and 30 minutes, it's hilarious. Oh, I see what's going on here. Yeah, exactly. You got to take Corso that way. I, I've i cried in, like, one movie. I don't get overly emotional to stuff like that, but when they showed the montage of him... Uh, just over the years on college game day and some clips from his old coaching career. And when they cut back to him, it was basically a big thank you. It was, uh, I guess, the year after he returned from his stroke. And they just played a Lee Corso, look at how awesome your career was, thank you for being a part. And they cut back to him when the montage is over and he's got tears rolling down his face. That got to me for some reason. Did he miss time? He didn't, didn't he? I don't think so. Like, I don't think I he can't remember. Time. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good point. The Corso mascot head bit will leave when he does. It will not work for anybody yeah, else. I agree. Yeah. You got to you got to get you got to get a new bit at that point. And I don't know what it is. You know, I'll leave that to the people at ESPN who probably make more money than I do. But uh Ken from Long Beach doesn't like Kirk Herb Street. I got a buddy who doesn't like Herb Street because he cold-shouldered him. We were in Oxford for an egg bowl. Uh, the night before, and uh, some people were talking to him, and my buddy just sort of chimed in, and, and Herb Street just sort of gave him the, oh, yeah, you know, 
the old cold shoulder there. So since that day, he's had no love for Kirk Herbstreit. Oh, gosh. I can't read that on the air. Just know from the 601, that was a good one. Yeah. Tim and McGee says he loves the man. His mom says Walmarts. Walmarts? Walmarts. And so it's not bad enough that they've put a plural where there isn't one. <laughs> they've, they've changed a T to a K. I'm going to the Walmarts. I used to think, uh, like, Kroger's. Kroger's. That, that used not, to kill yeah. me. I made that joke about five times when we went to Lexington this year at Kroger Field. It's like, why is there not an apostrophe yeah, S? Kroger's on Field. My Kroger's wife, Field. she knows how to push my buttons. Mm-hmm. Wash instead of wash. Okay, I'll remember that. It's good to know. That dry. I mean, there's no R in the word. It's not wash. Washington. Wash. You can have a southern accent and still say wash. Not wash. And she says it every time she says the word, she goes to wash just to bug me. Gonna wash some clothes? You gotta find, you gotta, you gotta reply in kind. You gotta retaliate. You gotta come over the top. Find the word that annoys her and say it constantly. <laughs> you know it doesn't work that way. It can. You just gotta be, you know, prepared to, you know, have her mad at you every now and then. Was it happy wife, happy happy life? But there's a case to be made for slightly annoyed wife, amusing life. I like that. Is that a real thing? Sure, why not? It can be. Okay. It is now. I stole it from somebody, but we'll make it an official philosophy. Bill in Columbus says Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> Mike in Grand Same. Bay, Illinois. This is this is a whole different show. We could we could go, <laughs> we could we could we could be on when Gallo shows up in the morning at five a.m. or whenever he shows up, still talking about you know, you know vocal idiosyncrasies, syncrasies. I can't even say it now. The things people screw up when they talk. You get a text asking if any chance Feinbaum joins game day. I hope not. Nah, he's pretty settled in over there on SEC Nation, I would think. And Richard and Wiggins is saying we're giving him the cold shoulder. We're not, buddy, I promise. I promise. We love when you text the show, and we're glad you're a part of us. Who says Chupalo? There's Chupalo. There's no way that's real. Chupalo? From the 601. Chupalo. What? Chupalo. Down the street. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I'm officially triggered on this Wednesday afternoon. We'll get back to sports at Sports Talk Mississippi live in the Renaissance Bank studio. You can text the show 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395. Sports Talk Mississippi. I know. And the thing is, it's right in front of me. And you've only worked here for like, I don't know how long. This is year five for me. And it's right here in front of me. And I still say it incorrectly. Just one of those things. Speaking of things being said incorrectly, a lot of you have chimed in on the text line. We get another vote for Walmarts. Mm. I did not know that was a thing. Axe instead of ask. Hear that one a ton. This one, I've heard this before. And I don't know why it happens, but Starksville. And people like that I know that are affiliated with Mississippi State have said Starksville to me. Well, they should be fired. All of them. Anyone, anyone who's ever said it. Earl for oil. 
My wife, not on purpose, says oh, like coal, but oh. What do you call the stuff that you wrap food in? What do you call it? Foil. It's silver. Aluminum foil. Foil, okay. Not foil. And then, of course, this guy from the 601. It's 601, not 601. Come on now. No. Just, just stop. Now you're going too far. That's Mike not even from a... Grand Bay has my, my, my number one. Irregardless. Irregardless is not a word. Should be flogged for saying it. The O zero. That's not even really a southern thing, right? Like I feel like I. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I feel like I hear that everywhere. It's just so you can say a number quicker. Pacifically instead of specifically. Ooh. I knew a guy who used to say that. He would say what? specifically, and he would say like supposedly. The, like we are talking the, specifically about people saying words incorrectly they would say we are talking pacifically yeah he would say pacifically like, and he would say supposedly that would make me think of time zones yes i i get it i've never heard of that one north and south carolina heard that a lot growing up for sure carthridge mississippi instead of carthage does this even really count the lafayette lafayette thing no I've never understood that. I don't know. If someone out there knows the origin of that, will y'all like text it in? Yeah, text us. 601-879-4395. Do you know why Lafayette County is pronounced the way it is? It's a French word, Lafayette, and it means self-important. Idea instead of idea from Amanda. Come on, guys. Salmon instead of salmon. And if you say salmon... If you pronounce Sal- that L, <laughs> I had a I had a coach in high school, Coach Salmon. He was S A M. But you did not. If you called him Coach Salmon, boy, you were going to run extra that day. The family name I get, but yeah. like, what are you eating for dinner, Salmon? Slap yourself in the face with that <laughs> Salmon. Wrench instead of rinse. Never heard that one. Yeah. Those are two different words. Spinach instead of spinach. Oh my gosh! I'm, you... I'm gonna wrench my hands. Is that what they're saying? The the laundry's in the wrench cycle. Man, I can't believe I, I live amongst you people. Richard from Wiggins has got another one. shrimps. There are people who yeah. The plural of shrimp is shrimp. Greg and Nettleton is upset with us because we aren't talking about sports. But Greg, if you could see our text line right now, I think. Uh, Think Another people, one from for shrimp is scrimps, isn't it? Don't people yeah, say that? Yeah, scrimps, God. That's more just like slang, isn't it, instead of actual? Yeah, I think so. George from West Point, I actually had a a person who moved to Mississippi, and they were like, how do you spell say this word? And they spelled it out. And I looked at it, and it was Louisville. And I was like, it depends on what state you're in. In Mississippi, yep. it's Louisville. Mm-hmm. In Kentucky, it's Louisville. People Brent. don't even say the Kentucky version right. That's true, too. Louisville or something like that. Brent, I seen instead of I saw or I have seen. I seen it. Alls instead of all. Conversate. There's no such word. We've got an English major in the, on the text line here. I think I used that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to conversate with him. Somebody here says, Cos Kiosco. 
they've heard before. Oakry. Friday. How are, I don't have the text line pulled up. How are people getting by with like the phonetic version of this? They're just doing the best they can. They're doing the best they can, like pecan or pecan. Oh, gosh. Soldiers Field in Chicago, Illinois, and Walmarts in Starksville, Mississippi. Woo! <laughs> Philip and Starkville, you just you're on a roll, man. This is great. Statistics. Now come on. People don't really say this stuff, right? I don't think so. Scrawberries, I've heard from Chris and Starkville. Scrawberries. I like that. This is hilarious. I cannot believe that this many of you say things like this. This is the one that they got it got everybody going, yeah. Valentine's Day. <laughs> these, these are all, all fantastic. Right. Are we getting them on the uh yeah, we got This is game. hilarious. I love you guys. Real a tour. Nuclear. Toby from Houston asks if we're playing Chris Lamonis' press conference. Yeah, we will get back to sports right now. Not right now. Toby. We're not playing it. Uh, no, we are not playing that right now. I've got a bunch of cuts from his press conference. I will play for you coming up here um, in about 10 minutes from right now. We'll get to that. Uh, him on Grandpa Jake, which is Jake Mangum's new nickname that I'm giving him. Uh, it's, uh, it's not going to work. It's going to work. It's going to stick. Rippy, tell me what's wrong with it. Hey, Dad doesn't like it. Grandpa Jake for Jake Mangum because he's been at Mississippi State for a decade and he has five children, three doctorate degrees, and tenure as a professor at this point. Grandpa Jake's a pretty good nigga. Younger than you, Borky. He's younger than Rippy. <laughs> yeah, he is. It got a nice ring to it. It fits because, I mean, most players stay in college for four years, but he hasn't just been at Mississippi State for four years. He's been at the highest level playing at Mississippi State for four years. And on top of that, for the in-state interest, he's been an Ole Miss killer for what feels like a decade. Well, yeah. I mean, it's what he's made his living doing. And, uh, you know, that's – I get all that. But, I mean, Grandpa Jake, I mean, come on. We, we can do better than that. His honor the mayor would be much better. No, it's Grandpa Jake. And I uh, – I hope it's not taken negatively. It's a term of endearment. He's been at Mississippi State playing high-level baseball for... Dr. Mangum, then. That's what you call Dr. Mangum's not bad. I was thinking the professor. But I'm sticking with Grandpa Jake. All right. On that note, we do have a starting lineup from Lamonis that was released yesterday in his media opportunity. I'll give you the audio here in a little bit, but for now, hey, Dad... You got. Is there any surprises here in this this opening day lineup? We talked about Ole Misses yesterday. No surprises there. Not really. Here's Mississippi State's a catcher, Dustin Skelton, Tanner Allen at first, two separate guys at second. So hold that thought. We'll get to your take on that. Hey, Dad. Uh, Foskey at third, Westberg at short, Rowdy Jordan in the outfield, Grandpa Jake in center, Elijah McNamee in right, and a two B announced at DH. So hey, Dad, who's going to play second base? And is there any surprises in this lineup? Not any surprises for me anyway. I mean, this has sort of been the way it's been trending for the past few months. And especially in the outfield, I I felt that was very settled. I knew Skelton was going to be behind the plate. Tanner Allen at first, yes. You know, Foskew and Westberg, 
they've been sort of locked in at third and at short, and then there's a second base position, Gunnar Halter or Landon Jordan. I think Halter's going to get the opening day start. Uh, you know, big bat coming out of JUCO. They want to see if he can provide some pop. But Jordan is Jordan is probably going to be in the starting lineup. Won't be completely surprised if he's the uh, starting uh, the opening day DH. I, it, they'll definitely play matchups with the DH. But uh, if, if if the matchups are right, he'll probably be the guy out there. And then the pitching rotation, no surprise, Ethan Small on Friday. JT Ginn, going to go ahead and throw him in the weekend rotation, going to pitch on Saturday, and Keegan James on Sunday. Really no surprises there either, though, is there? No, no. Maybe maybe you thought that, that Ginn might go on Sunday, uh, but you know they feel really good about him. And he's another guy who's in the DH battle as well. So they, he might get some, uh, some at-bats uh, sometime in the near future. We've got two first-round draft picks. Starting in the weekend rotation at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Yeah. I wonder how common that actually really is. Can't be very much. But at least we get to consume them for three years. That's pretty awesome for us. Um, Chris Limonis will give you the audio from his press conference next. A ton of your texts coming in. we got to stick to sports from Colton. But other than that, ton of misspoken words and language from you all. Love to see that. You can keep texting us. We'll keep reading them. 601-879-4395. You'll hear from Chris Limonis next at Sports Talk in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Back on Sports Talk Mississippi, it's a Wednesday afternoon. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you. I promised you Chris Limonis, and I'll get to Chris Limonis here in just a second. A few more of these mispronounced words. You guys are cracking me up today. Uh, love the engagement we've gotten from you. You can text us 601-879-4395 on the ceasefire text line. And a lot, and I mean a lot of you have done that. It's blowing up. It's hard to keep track, but a few that I flagged just to make sure we got them in. Eggs instead of eggs from Keith in Water Valley. Amanda in Pike County says trickeration should not be said. So when somebody runs the Statue of Liberty, it's not trickeration, it's trickery. I'm going to disagree with that one. I like <laughs> trickeration. Fixing, too. That's a common one around here for sure. Uh, fur instead of four. We get a vote for Mayor Mangum, but uh, Tim and McGee says it's our show. He'll listen to us no matter what. So therefore, Grandpa Jake. That's what we're sticking with. Elder Statesman, another vote for that. Elvis Presley. All right instead of all right. I kind of say that from time to time. McDonald's. Colorado instead of Colorado. Ugh. You guys are cracking me up today. Glad to, glad to have you aboard and glad to have you listening. And uh, thanks for texting the show. Keep sending them if you want, 601-879-4395. But for now, we'll jump to Chris Lamonis. He met with the media about 5 o'clock yesterday, which is why you didn't get to hear from Hey, ha- hey Dad in the last hour of the show. But here are a few things that he said to the media yesterday, and we'll start with his thoughts on the new stadium that debuts, I guess for the second time, the completed stadium, which debuts on Friday night. It's great. It has been a... Uh... It's amazing. Some days you walk out there and you're just like, if you're having a bad day, you walk out there and you say, man, I'm one of the lucky ones, you know, because it is, uh, it's unbelievable. And once we're able to get inside, it is as beautiful inside as it is out. But it gives us, you know, the best part about here to me is, and um, the ability to practice, the ability to work. And we have the field, we have the Palmero, we have the stuff underneath. I mean, 
just to be able to get our guys their work is, you know, a coach, a lot of that goes away. You don't notice the condos after. Now I'll probably notice them day one when we're out there playing, but you just have that ability to, to be able to work has been the best part, and it's beautiful. Hey, Dad, you got to see it yesterday. Unbelievable. It really is. I mean, I, I, I went in with high expectations, and I, they were exceeded, especially, the, like I said on yesterday's show, the amenities the players are getting to take advantage of are incredible. The, the, the uh, top-end seating uh, available, uh, the top-end seating options are, are really, really good. I haven't been out to the lofts yet. Hopefully I will get, get a chance to do that. And, and then what you, you've already added from last season with the, uh, the new grandstand and, and the, uh, what they've done with the outfield, I mean, it's just, it's just an unbelievable, unbelievable situation. Last year the team made it to Omaha. How does he manage the lofty, deservedly lofty expectations of his new program? We've talked about things. I mean, we've kind of put last year to bed in some ways. I mean, the kids will always have that memory, always have that experience. Um, but it's a new group, and uh, hopefully we pull from those experiences and that tough times they went through. Um, but it's been about coaching this year's team. I mean, believe it or not, when I took over at Indiana, I took over a team, but most of those kids have been to Omaha too, and the best time during that program's history. And uh, our goal and our talk is about continuing and adding to the legacy. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things with us is maybe being a little bit more consistent. Um, I am. I'm excited about how we start our season, and I want to be good start to finish. And, and that's a big piece of building this program. Hey, Dad, what are the expectations of the 2019 Chris Limonis Mississippi State Bulldogs? I think, you know, we were talking about Arkansas a minute ago. Uh, I think the expectation at Mississippi State year in and year out is to get to Omaha. Um, you know, obviously they haven't won a national title yet, but they they, they want to be in that discussion every season, you know, to compete for the SEC championship, to be a regional host, to possibly be a national seed and make that trip back to Omaha. And then with what this team brings back, I think that's a reasonable expectation for him. He may not get there, and they could have a really good team that, you know, loses in the Super Regionals because you, you just never know. You look at the 2016 team that won the SEC, and top to bottom, what a great lineup and a great pitching rotation, but they ran into a hot team in Arizona, and they didn't make it to Omaha. So I could I, I just need to be good, you know, be a consistent top 15, top 10 team kind of all year and, and, and put themselves in the, in the hosting discussion and, and have a chance to get back to the College World Series. Next, uh, just he's only coached him for a few months, but you can tell that uh, Chris Limonis has developed a great fondness of Grandpa Jake. So here's what he said about Jake Mangum when he was asked about him yesterday. You know, he's been great. I lean on Jake a lot, and I lean on Jake a lot. And, and you see it up here. He gives me goosebumps when he talks when he talks about the M over S. That's the thing I get from the players more than anything is how much it means to be a part of this program. And you see that from Jake. And um, he has had experience here. It's been a lot. And um, But, man, I, there's nobody else that loves this program more than that kid. But it goes for all our kids. And so I lean on him. I talk to him. We kind of go back and forth. It could be as simple as – Hey, tell me about the shades this morning. We were talking about the sun and how the sun set because he played so many games here. And, um, you know, being a mentor to our young kids, man, what, how lucky we are to have him in the lineup, but also for all the young kids in our program to see how he goes about his business. I've coached a lot of great kids and a lot of great workers, but in between those two lines, it, it's as hard-nosed as you'll ever see, and that is in practice. I mean, he goes – he dives ten times in practice in BP, and he just – he doesn't know how to play it half speed or 75%, he is 100% every day he goes out there. And for a coach, when you're All-American, has that attitude, it's, it's a blessing. 
sounds like he likes his star center fielder. How can you not? I mean, the guy is the embodiment of, of what you want in a college baseball player uh, the, the, to this point in his career. Uh, I saw an interesting stat that he's gotten a hit in 82% of his games, at least one hit in 80% of, 82% of the games he's played. I and mean, that's a really incredible statistic. And, of course, you know, from a leadership standpoint, maybe one of the best in the country. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a first-year head coach and end up taking over a program like Mississippi State, it, it, it does not hurt to have a guy like Jake Mangum to sort of lean on. Yeah, and he's very close to receiving retirement benefits. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Chris Lamonis was asked about his true freshman, first-round draft pick, true freshman, uh, starting in the weekend rotation. JT again. Yeah, you know, JT's situation is obviously unique, um, very similar to like Jake. Man, JT wanted to be at Mississippi State. He made a conscious decision, turned down some money, um, but is con- so confident in his ability to be able to come in here, produce, and then, you know, hopefully make it better and move into pro ball and be ready. Um, the maturity level for JT has been like any other freshman. There's, you know, hey, I got to get up on my own and go to class and take care of myself and go through the, the rigor of a, you know, the rigor of a college student athlete is not easy. So it's been a good experience for him. He had a great fall. Uh, he's a tremendous kid, a great teammate. And really, he stays away from the limelight a little bit. He just wants to be one of the boys, which I, I love seeing. So it's been fun watching JT, and it'll be a lot of fun watching him out there on, you know, on the weekends. So you were a little surprised he he fit into the Saturday role, just a little though. I mean, it, it really felt like a coin flip between James and, and Ginn to see who would do Saturday Sunday. I, I don't think it's a, a huge shock that he's out there. I mean, this guy's a first round draft choice, so you know, obviously, I don't think talent's the issue for him. It's just going to be one of those things, like Lamona said, of you know, when when the bright lights come on and you're out there pitching. I mean, Saturday this weekend, I would expect eight to ten thousand. At Duty Noble, I mean that's that's a big step up from you know pitching at Brandon High School. So we'll see what happens. You know, see if he can uh, if he can handle that. Yeah, the thing about these two first rounders that that we're going to see in Oxford and Starkville, they're going to play in front of crowds. I mean, opening weekend that they never would have seen until they hit the major league level if they would have gotten that far going right out of high school. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean this this is going to be there'll be big crowds and 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 I like I said I. Friday night, you know, four o'clock first pitch sort of, sort of hurts it a little bit, I think, because you know you can't people who you know coming from Jackson they can't make that unless they, they took the day off ahead of time. But but Saturday I expect there to be be a crowd that, you know, I mean even the Tampa Bay Rays would would be you know yeah. maybe a little bit jealous of. So and finally one more thing from Chris Lamonis: Is there any other freshman that he expects to contribute this year? We got we got man Landon Jordan. Is one the two catchers Hayden Jones and Luke Hancock? Um, you also have, um, you know, on the mound is JT, but we have a freshman from Canada, Eric Sarantola, has a chance to get some really quality innings. We have a chance with, um, you know, Brandon Smith, another freshman that's in the mix. I mean, we just have a Bryce Brock. I mean, I could roll through them uh, that'll have some significant roles, and then we have a group of really good group of some transfers and JUCO players like Gunnar Halter. Jack Egan, Colby White, some guys that could really help us out. And, and when there's others, too, but it's just giving us a chance to give us a little more depth. And that's Chris Lamonis and his media opportunity yesterday. We're really looking forward to, to meeting with him and talking with him regularly during the season. Couldn't work it out this week, but uh, that's somebody that you will hear from uh, moving forward throughout the baseball season. Uh, really looking forward to hearing from Coach Barry at Southern Miss as well. Uh, the baseball coaches uh, are 
more accommodating than than you could imagine. And we're looking forward to bringing you that coverage all season long as we get ready for baseball season, which, by the way, guys, it's just two days away. I mean, we are, what, four innings into baseball this time Friday. It's about time. Came up quick. Did kind of sneak up on us quick. And we're, we're lucky in the state that we're in because just one state over, Richard jokes with the jocks guys we have on all the time where this time of year they're just trying to figure out. I mean, they're looking at depth charts and previewing the schedule. Content for us is easy this time of year because you people just love baseball. We'll turn the page. Talked a lot of Mississippi State today. We'll look at Ole Miss and Auburn basketball coming up next at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. more of these misspoken phrases and we'll move on to Ole Miss and Auburn tonight. I've I've loved this. I love when you guys do this. Randomly, we'll bring up something that happens organically and we don't think is going to go anywhere and you guys just blow up the text line and we appreciate it a lot. Flustration from the 662. I kilt a 10-point buck. Sean and Tupelo says he gets made fun of for saying sandwich instead of sandwich. Like he separates them, kind of like I do Hey Dad, which I get made fun of for that as well. So I feel your pain there, Sean. Is there another way to say my name? How else would you say it? I, I get made fun of for over-pronouncing the Y. Oh. Like Hey Dad. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's... Well, there's no Y, but... There is no one. Look, I'm doing it. Tater chips. Oh. Or dement instead of ornament. Never heard that one. You guys are killing me. Anyway, big basketball. Well, I say big. It's not really a, a big basketball game from a... There's a lot on the line because really for Ole Miss tonight against Auburn, a loss doesn't hurt you. So I don't know how much you would say there's anything on the line, but Rippy. Feels like a free shot in the plains for Ole Miss tonight. It's a shot to get ahead of the curve, quote unquote, for kind of your path to the NCAA tournament. So, sure, I mean, there's consequences for a loss, and, you know, you, they don't have a lot of room for error in terms of the winnable games left. And so, yeah, I mean, tonight would give them some breathing room because if you, if you win, they're sitting at six and four. If they win tonight, that's seven and four, and assuming they take care of of a you know struggling Missouri team on Saturday, you're eight and four with a couple weeks left in the season. So, you know, it really changes the dynamic of how you kind of look at your postseason fate if you if you can steal a win tonight. But that's such a tough place to go play and go win at. Yeah, as we said earlier in the show, the SEC is actually there's 32 conferences that play Division One basketball. The SEC is 30th and home winning percentage in conference play. So going on the road in the SEC this season. Has not been difficult. Not the case very for Auburn. Yeah, I mean, Pearl's turned that into one of the better home environments in the country, and it's it, they're really good at home. It's a tough place to play and win. I hadn't looked at the line. Isn't it somewhere around eight or nine points? It's an eight-point line for Ole Miss at Auburn tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's about right, and I, I think Ole Miss is going to have their hands full because Auburn coming off a tough loss on the road at LSU really needs a win. Ole Miss was able to beat Auburn earlier in the season. If you remember, they didn't just beat them. They beat them 
by 15 points in Oxford. A lot of things have happened since then. Devontae Schuler looks to be healthier than he was over the last few weeks, but diff- different team, different setting. Can Ole Miss duplicate that? If so, what do they need to happen to duplicate that? They're going to need their bigs to go to the glass. Bruce Stevens pulled nine rebounds at Georgia. They're going to need that type of performance again to kind of keep Auburn and Austin Wiley and some of those guys off the boards. You know, that when they've lost games, it's predominantly been because teams have gotten a lot of second chance points, a lot of offensive rebounds, a lot of extra possessions. So they're, they're going to need Dom and Bruce to play well, particularly rebounding the ball. Big night for them. Or it could be. Then it gets a little bit easier for Ole Miss in the next couple of weeks. So if you look at their schedule, they have Missouri and Oxford after this game at Auburn on Saturday. I think the game's close to being sold out. The lower deck has has been sold out at least. They go to South Carolina, sneaky tough game. They're 100 in the net, but they're 7-3 and three in, in the league, so a tough game nonetheless. And then host Georgia. So it's a stretch of games where... Even if you lose to Auburn, there's wins on the schedule coming up after that where they can make a little run and give themselves some wiggle room with Tennessee and Kentucky looming in the back half of the schedule. Sure, if you're going down the rest of their schedule and kind of prognosticating where you count the four wins, because I think it will take four wins for them to feel pretty good about you know, their NCAA tournament chances heading into Nashville. You think you need to take care of business against South Carolina. You need to win, I mean, excuse me, against Missouri, win at South Carolina and win against Georgia, that three-game stretch coming up after this. Obviously, Tennessee at home is going to be tough. At Arkansas, I mean, they could go win that game, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't count on that. Um, because, you know, Ole Miss has been kind of a mixed bag on the road. Uh, Kentucky will be tough, and then they close the year at Missouri, which is kind of, you're thinking, the fourth win. So, you know, they've got a good chance. You know, that, that last week going 2-0 and really kind of turned the outlook of their season a little bit after they, you know, suffered a pretty significant slide. So, you know, tonight is a chance to kind of give yourself some breathing room and, and allow some room for air if you're able to pull it off. Opportunity definitely in front of them tonight at Auburn. Tough task, but an opportunity game for Ole Miss for sure tonight. We'll turn the page. College football fix coming your way next. The Broncos acquired a quarterback or will acquire a quarterback when trades open up in March. A whole lot more coming your way in the 5 o'clock hour at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. When the man comes around. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.